Praise the Lord. We're going to let all the young people, they want the college and career group to go with them too, if you will. Praise the Lord. Everyone else, bless you. You may be seated. Good to see you tonight, Wednesday the 28th of June. Year's about half gone. Before I forget about it, Brother Clyde wanted me to make mention uh, Brother Jeff Arnold's going to be preaching at Alexandria Camp Meet next Thursday and Friday night, and he said he'd be willing to take the van Friday night if anybody be interested in going. So, uh, Brother Clyde, what are we going to do, put a sheet out or just tell them to see you? or Anybody think you might be interested in going? That's not this Friday night, next Friday night. Well, Brother, two or three, well, okay, Sunday, remind me to do it again Sunday. Praise the Lord. Bless you. Well, I hope you're having a week. Hallelujah. And uh, I was thinking today uh, when we was at the funeral and my mind went back uh, when Brother Dylan made mention about in the hospital room how he never had felt more of the Holy Ghost. And my mind went back, Brother Huff, to the day we prayed with Sister Huff up there at that hospital. I'm telling you, Sister Brenda, was you in there? I'm talking about the Holy Ghost was in that room, man. It was powerful. Aren't you glad you don't have to be in church to feel the Holy Ghost? Praise the Lord. I mean, we feel it more at church, but it's wonderful uh, to feel it other places. I have a little something different tonight if I can get all my notes together. I had something happen. Uh, well, I've actually had two or three things happen recently. But I had somebody give me a letter, and I want to read it, read part of it to you. Everybody wants revival, don't you? Say, so I want revival. Matter of fact, let me read a scripture first for you. Second Corinthians, if you got your Bible, uh, this is not my text, but but I appreciate that, brother. <laughs> it's the Bible, isn't it? Second Corinthians two, and Lord have mercy. I thought, oh yes, verse eleven it says, "Lest Satan should get an advantage of us." For we are not ignorant of his devices. Everybody say, we're not ignorant. Isn't that a wonderful thought? We're not ignorant. Bless you, you may be seated. I've had three, two people come to me verbally, but I got a, a letter this week. And uh, glad for our visitors here. And I really didn't know exactly what to do, but I felt so impressed. And it said in this letter, thus saith the Lord, it's time to put the axe to the tree and start cutting away. Just let the chips fall where they may. What's spoken in the ear in the closet will be shouted from the rooftops. There's nothing hidden that won't be uncovered. It said, beware of wolves in sheep's clothing. And we're in the midst, on the verge of having great revival in Brandon, Mississippi. No doubt in my mind. But I don't want to be ignorant of Satan devices. He's not going to let us have revival without a fight. And that's, I tell you what, this praying is what's bringing, uh, bringing some results. And anytime you begin to pray, things are going to happen. But now, if you'd like to turn me to Proverbs 6, I'd like to read verses 16 through 19. I want revival, folks. I'm hungry for revival. I believe God has promised us revival. I really believe revival is ordained in Brandon, Mississippi. I really do. Uh, I believe God is going to do something. Uh, and it was so funny that night a few months ago when I went up to Brother Shane and quoted that scripture. It wasn't funny about how God's going to do something to make the ear tingle. And not five minutes later, Brother Ellis goes up and tells him the same thing. God's got great things. But Proverbs 6 and verse 16, 
says, This six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imagination, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Bless you, and you may be seated. If you was going to go for an interview for a job, and you could find out exactly what they was looking for, wouldn't that help you? If you knew the guy didn't like sideburns, if you really wanted that job, you might go up there like some of them work nowadays. I don't like mine up there, even with my ear, but you might go in there. I remember reading a baseball story years ago, and this was years ago, and the owner of the team hated smoking, cussing, and drinking. And he was wanting to get this ball player, and he was a smoking, drinking, cussing guy. But he knew the owner wasn't. And when he met the owner, the owner said, let me ask you this. I said, I know you're a good ball player, but do you cuss? He said, no, sir. He said, do you smoke? He said, no. He said, what about drink? He said, if I got a drink, I won't play for you. Now, the man was lying because he understood the, what the man was looking for. I want to be saved, folks. And the Bible right here is talking about things that God hates. I don't want to do things that God hates. An abomination. Number one, he said, was a proud look. The Bible says that God resists the pride, the proud. God's going to resist you if you got pride in your life. Folks, we got to be humble. Do we not all need grace? Do we not all need mercy at times? Have we not all made mistakes? Have we not all done and said things we shouldn't have done? That's why it's, you can't really be critical and judgmental because uh, the next day we may be in that same shape. Pride, it just says, a high opinion of one's importance, vanity, egotism. Pride hinders worship, hinders worship. You feel like really worshiping, but yet all of a sudden it gets on your mind what somebody going to think or somebody. The devil will work on you both ways. He'll say, number one, uh, the people they think you look funny. Or number two, they're going to think you're trying to be Holy Joe. He'll work on you either way. Anything he can to keep you from worship. If you wasn't here Sunday night, oh, you missed a marvelous service. I mean, the Lord was real in this place. And we are on the verge here. Pride to keep you from apologizing when you're wrong. Pride will. And uh, the second thing he says he hates is a lying tongue. Everybody say liars. All liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. I was talking to somebody the other day, and this wasn't my subject here, but I just feel like going ahead and saying it. You know what the Bible says the only reason for the divorce is? For adultery. You know what the only excuse for lying is? There's not one, is there? God forgives everything. If you had never told a lie, don't cast stones at people that's been divorced. Am I right or not? That's not my subject. Not one night we'll do a lesson on that. It just hit me one day, though. There's not an excuse for lying. And yet, I hope you won't raise your hand and say you hadn't told one since you had the Holy Ghost. I said, since you had the Holy Ghost. I didn't say it before. Well, praise the Lord. I knew this was going to be good tonight. Do you know that most sins ultimately involve lying? You cheat on your wife, you're going to have to lie about it. Most sins involve lying. There's just something about it. God hates lying. Oh, Lord, help us to understand that we need to be truthful. You know, of course, we get misunderstood. You ever been misunderstood? Well, if you've lived very long, you have. But you see, the lie is kind of like murder, premeditated murder. I've had a few times I wanted to. We had a election up in the Delta. And I had a man call me and ask me how I voted in that election. It's really kind of unethical, isn't it? I thought that's why they called it a secret ballot. <laughs> and he asked me, did I vote for him? 
And I really, boy, if I ever wanted to lie, I wanted to lie. But I just said, no, sir, I didn't. And boy, he was just taken back. He shouldn't have been asking. But I'll say there's times you feel almost like, man, I just wished I could avoid this. But we got to be saved, folks. I'm here trying to be saved. We need to teach our children because we know that Satan is the father of all lies. He'll tell you you can't make it. He'll tell you that somebody doesn't like you. He'll do anything to create doubt in your mind. We don't need to be ignorant of the Satan's devices. The greatest tool that he has is to plant doubt in our minds. When he came to Eve, he quoted the scripture almost correctly. It wasn't quite right, but it had some truth. You know what the best lie is? One that's based on the truth. One that's got some truth wove into it. One that, that you know you can, of course the problem with lying is you have to remember what you say it. If you tell the truth, it's not hard. You just tell what you remember. The third thing he says is hands that shed innocent blood. There's been a lot of innocent blood shed. When the Bible says thou shalt not kill, that's really thou shalt not murder. In the Old Testament, if you'll read, he told them sometimes to destroy a whole nation. He said wipe out the Amalekites. They were bad people. But when you kill somebody, that was murder. He was saying, thou shalt not murder. Sometime we'll teach the Ten Commandments. It was eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, toe for toe. And, uh, but he said, innocent blood. And we live in a nation today that has shed a lot of innocent blood. There's people being killed over a pair of tennis shoes nowadays. It's a sad thing. That's why they're going a lot of times to uniforms. Probably a good idea because they wear expensive tennis shoes. Somebody will kill you for your tennis shoes. And all this innocent blood. Innocent just means free from moral wrong. And all the children that have been aborted, that have been killed. All this is talking to the Lord. This innocent blood. When, when Cain killed Abel, Abel's blood cried out to the Lord. Because you see, the life is in the blood. Aren't you glad the life is in the blood still? Praise the Lord. The blood can cover you tonight if you've got something wrong. Number four, what God hates is heart that devises wicked imagination. Imagination means the root word is image. Image is a physical likeness or representation of a person, animal, or thing. And I'm reading this from the dictionary. Photograph, painted, sculptured, or otherwise made visible. Hollywood's in trouble, aren't they? <laughs> he hates a mind that devises wicked imaginations. It's unbelievable what they're putting out in the world today. It's unbelievable what you can see on the Internet today. Things that were unspeakable when I was a boy that is available right there to anybody that wants to see it. Worse than that, you, you read in the paper every once in a while about just all kind of incredible uh, men with beasts and things like that. That's, that's hard to even comprehend. But you know what happened? Their mind got on evil things continually. And this virtual reality that they're talking about, they're saying that before long, they may be able to, you can put those little goggles on and you'll be able to see a naked woman or whatever you want to see in there. And that, I mean, think about how evil that could be. Now, if you could use it for seeing somebody preach a message, it wouldn't be so bad. But most people don't want to see a message preached. Most people don't want to hear one. Hallelujah. I know it's not y'all, but. Number five, feet that be swift and run into mischief. Swift. You ever know anybody just love to get into it? You know, they just love to, they just love to cause trouble. You know, I like peace, don't y'all? I like peace at home. I like peace at church. I like peace on the job. And then to show you how bad God hates lying, 
Number six, he said, a false witness that speaketh lies. That's twice he hits that line. God's not playing games about this line. Uh, he wants us to understand that. And then the seventh thing that he hates, though, is he that soweth discord among the brethren. You know what the synonyms for discord are? Conflict, struggle, argument, contention, quarreling. Let me just tell you new converts, everybody's moved in. You need to be aware of people that want to share things with you a lot. I've actually had some new converts come to me recently and tell me that people in the church have come talking about the leadership and different things going on. That's wrong. That's wrong. Everybody's got a right to their opinion, but it's wrong to cause division, contention, and quarreling in the church. That's wrong. You know what's hurt our country? The vocal minority. We got a vocal minority in America that wants to have gay rights. They want to have pornography everywhere. And so 90% of America's against it. And yet that 10% that's always vocal, that's always loud mouth, is just pounding away. And here we stand today. I'm so glad I hadn't heard about that ruling. Man, I'm thankful to hear that. I'm glad for the Constitution of the United States, aren't you? Do you know Brandon, Mississippi... Brandon, Mississippi could pass a law that we couldn't jump up and down this church. You know what? God wouldn't defend us. The Constitution would. The Constitution says we have freedom of religion. However we define religion, it's up to us. That if we want to run in church, we can run in church. If we want to talk in tongues, we can talk in tongues. They cannot take that away. I'm glad I live in a country that I'm able to do that. Romans 16 and 17 says this. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Somebody comes telling you that you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to mark them. You need to stay away from them. So that you don't have to live holiness, you need to mark them. Folks, we're not going to be saved without holiness. You're not going to be saved without modesty. You're not going to be saved without a true, humble spirit. Let me get specific. Saturday, I'm going to go play softball. Anybody mind if I go play softball? Anybody think I got a right to go play softball? As long as somebody ain't in the hospital needing my help. People worry about what I do with my time. How many of y'all would work a job that you didn't get to do what you wanted to on your day off? Would you work a job like that? And yet I have people worrying about what I do with my days off. How many of y'all think I deserve a couple of days off to do whatever I want to do? I mean, do I not? If I want to play softball, is that not my business? If I want to go see my folks in Arkansas, is that not my business? If I want to go entertain some children in Batesville, is that not my business? I'm saying, you see, the, the, what we're living in, folks, we're living in the day I tell you where apostolic churches have lost their power. You cannot have an apostolic church that does not have apostolic leadership. And when we, you get churches that are run by men instead of a God-called man, you've got problems. That's where they lost the anointing back a long time ago. 
and and I, 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 I'm, we're on the midst of a great revival. I'm telling you, everybody that comes through here, every preacher that comes through here tells me, y'all are sitting right here on the verge. We was fixing to break through back there in March. We let ourselves get sidetracked. We can't do that again. I feel momentum building again. These prayer meetings are bringing revival fire. These prayer meetings are going to bring some things to the top, and we need to understand this. Brother Brown, and it was great. If you missed that lesson Sunday morning, he was talking about the core and them rose up against Moses. You know what? And Brother Brown said this way, their problem wasn't Moses. Their problem was authority. That's the problem. It's not the ball playing. It's not doing a magic show. It's authority. We, I, I don't like authority in my natural self. I don't like authority. I didn't like my daddy telling me what to do. But he was my daddy, and he was bigger than me at that time. But the truth is, my daddy could probably walk through that door right now, 74 years old, and tell me to bend over. And in my mind, I'm still afraid of him because he had authority over me. You better learn to have authority in your life. The Bible says that we're to obey those that have the rule over us. That's talking about the pastor. That's who that's talking about. It's talking about because I have to give an account for your soul. I, I wish everybody could understand the burden of souls. I don't know how much money a dentist makes, but they make a lot of money, I guess. Any dentist people here? No. Y'all think dentists probably make pretty good money. But you know, they probably don't make as much as a brain surgeon does. Because, you know, if he makes a mistake with a dentist, all you lost with his tooth. <laughs> you know, brain surgeon, all I did was lose one of your minds. You know, that's true, is it not? Folks, I'm dealing with the souls of men. I'm dealing with the souls of men. You, you realize the weight and the burden that is? I, I wish everybody could understand that. You, you don't see Sunday mo Monday morning, I was here at 5 o'clock in the morning here to church. Pray. After that wonderful service, I was still here at 5 o'clock early Monday morning with a burden and praying for people. And I'm not saying that for I'm just trying to tell you, you don't understand. My job is not an 8 to 5 job. Sister Odom, was I a good pastor to Cheryl? Was I there? Did I visit her? Did I? Was I there? Sister Betty, did I come by faithfully and see Sister Sullivan? You see? A lot of y'all don't understand. When you haven't got troubles, I'm dealing with somebody else usually. I wish y'all could answer my phone some days. It just rings and rings and rings. People wonder sometimes, well, I'm not at the house. <laughs> well, I got a beeper if you really need me. But you see, I, how many of y'all got my beeper number? I wonder sometimes. I don't get beat much. It's on the list. If you really need me, beat me. But uh, we're living in this day. And like I say, I've had three people come, or two people come to me besides this letter I got and give me a warning of the Holy Ghost. And folks, I've heard from God a lot of different ways, but to have three different occasions where people come to me, I would be foolish not to be on my guard. We'd be foolish as a church not to understand that we cannot allow time and time again to get to the brink of revival and let something happen and knock us off. I'm, I'm telling you, when I prayed through in Shreveport, I could care less what everybody else did. I just wanted to be saved. 
I didn't worry where Brother Hosmuth was. And then, you know, it works. Brother Adcock's talking to your own people. They need some help. They act like heathens sometimes when we're right here. But, you know, every once in a while, somebody will say they don't like the fact that Brother Adcock's still getting paid by the church. Before I ever even got here, the church made an agreement with Brother Adcock. I think we ought to be honorable, don't you? I, I think we ought to be honorable. Because, you see, if, if I go down to Goodyear and they tell me it's going to be $400 to fix my car, if I show up and they tell me it's $675, I'm mad. Our agreement was $400. It takes both of us to change an agreement. And so the church agreed with Brother Adcock. Brother Adcock is the foundation of this church. There wouldn't be a church here if Brother and Sister Adcock hadn't come to Brandon and sacrificed and paid a price. I tell you, the Bible says give honor unto whom honor is due. And so, and then let me just go on. I might as well just get real plain. Don't you think the church ought to keep the agreement and move with me? Is that not the same thing? Praise the Lord. Folks, if we're not people of our word, what are we? We've got to be honest. We've got to be good citizens. You know what scares me? The Bible says, I the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That worries me about slow people. Because I know what comes out of their mouth. What you talk about reveals your nature. I'm not talking about a one occasional time of getting married. I'm talking about a constant lifestyle reveals your nature. It reveals your nature. There's nobody here that hadn't said things they shouldn't have said or acted like they shouldn't have acted. And uh, we all know that. But I'm talking about a lifestyle. You know, I've heard people before. I've even talked to people, sit down and talk with people over here in Brandon, and, and they'd act like, well, I was just playing you ever see your kids out in the yard? One of them had them in the headlock. And he just twisted his head better. And you, you got out there. And the one that had him in the headlock said, hey, I just playing. Folks, playing's over. We ain't playing no more. We're going to have revival in this church. We're going to have revival in this church. Because we're going to let God lead us. And God guide us. And God direct us. And let me just go ahead and last night I was in a restaurant with some people. And boy, it was a good meal. But you know what? Brother Joe, they had the music light out in there. And you know I like it like I'm telling you, you could barely hear yourself talking. Do you know what? You know what their philosophy is? This is the way we do it. If you don't like it, go someplace else. Folks. God is blessing our church the way we're going. If you don't like us having a school, find a church that doesn't have a school. If you don't like the way the choir sings, find some place where they sing like you like. I say, God is sending revival in Brandon, Mississippi, and it's time for all of us to get in one mind and one accord and say, God, have your way, Lord. Pour out your spirit. We just want revival. we got to get out of who's got the power and who's got the influence and all that kind of stuff. we got to get out of the way. 
because you see, I, I know saying you're gonna like everything that we do. That's impossible. I can't make a decision that all of y'all's gonna like. How many of y'all think you're too cool right now? No, I mean really, I don't care. I mean, this. How many of you think it's too hot right now, anyone? How many of y'all think it's jealous right now? Well, we've got more juice right than anything else, but the truth of the matter is, there's no way with this many people we can have nobody's thinking it's just right. So if you're cold, praise the Lord, bring your blanket. If you're hot, turn your clothes on. Well, I mean, I mean, praise the Lord. I'm just saying, you have to some things you just can't do. That one girl said, if God would want us to go around naked, he'd have made us that way. Well, he did make us that way, brother's wife. <laughs> but I'm saying you can't understand that, can't you? That somebody's got to make some decisions. The Bible says that God has put the pastor as the overseer. I, I'm not a, it's a my way or the highway kind of guy. Man, on this building back here, I know nothing about that kind of stuff, man. Whatever the way he thinks best is fine with me, what people that know about. I don't know anything about that. But there's policies and, and philosophies. The pastor's job really is to seek the Lord and get the direction for the church. If I spend all my time on maintenance, I can't seek the Lord like that. I was looking this down to me and I dropping back to something else. Brother Wayne Huntley, how many of y'all love here, Brother Wayne Huntley? He's going to be preaching to our camp meeting. Brother Mar uh, Cornwall, how many of y'all ever heard Brother Cornwall here? Well, Brother Cornwall's power. He's going to be preaching to I mean, you know what? They're going to be back in Mississippi two weeks after that at Columbia Impact. Both of them are. Both of them. Going to be gone eight nights this month. But yet I just can't imagine that people in their church are saying, well, I wish Brother Huntley wouldn't do that. Because they understand a man needs some time to get away. Anybody married and understand that? Hallelujah. There's times you just need to get away. You've been married long enough yet, Jay. You'll find out. Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's just some time. <laughs> you need to say, please, honey, I'll go get the milk and I'll be back in a couple, three hours, you know. We are living in a day that the, the Lord is bound to be coming soon, folks. If you have any discern, and I'll build for I've got my new End Time magazine. I'll, I'll give it to you. They're fixed to put a full page out in the USA today. Full page out about this China and what they think is going to happen. We're living here on the verge of the coming of the Lord. And some people are getting. So they're caught up in the little fox playing that the little foxes spoil the vine. Folks, we've all got young people back there that need peace and harmony in the church. They need peace and harmony at home. I just want to have revival. I am a peace-loving man. I, I, I just I, I want peace, but I have a job to do. Anybody ever been a manager? You know, 
Did you ever have to make some decision that you didn't like? Did you ever say for the good of the company there were certain things you had to do? My daddy, like I say, was the controller at that factory. And I'd work out there in the summer, and those guys would say, Yeah, you're crazy. I bet you're one of them big blokes just sitting in that desk. You know, but he was able to make decisions that affected big things, the greater responsibility you have. Sometimes I wish I worked a physical job. It just feels good. Everyone's why well, I, I just love getting out more than you work. It just feels good. You know what I mean? Brother Al, you just these plagues. Brother Al just recently is actually kind of stepped down on his own free will. He said, I said that, brother, I was too late, bro. But anyway, that he just said, there's, there's too much pressure and they're wanting too much that I'm going to step down because I want to put my son first and I'm going to put God first. Man, I commend you with that, Brother Al. That I, I, I'm going to do what's right for my family about my relationship with God. But you see, I can't step down. God calls you the gifts and call of God without repentance. You know, uh, this is a unbelievable way to be caring for the souls of men. I beg of you to pray for me. I beg of you to ask God to give me wisdom because I don't always make the right decisions. I know that. I don't always do the right thing and say the wrong thing. I'm, I'm sorry. I, wish I, I could always do it right, but I can't. All I can tell you is I love this church. I love this city. And God has promised. He told me before I ever came here, we hadn't had revival yet, folks. We've almost doubled in size, but we hadn't had revival. Now, it's wonderful that we've almost doubled in size, but that's not revival. I say, cancer is a growth. All growth in good. We're not just after growth. We want revival. We want Holy Ghost revival. We want getting back to consecration, getting back to dedication. We want to get back to how close we can get to God. We want to get back to Brother Ellison, people in the altar here weeping and crying and being delivered of alcohol and drugs and, and all kind of immorality. That's not going to happen if we're bound up and worrying about what somebody else is doing. One of my favorite scriptures that I've used, hadn't used lately, but I've used a lot there for a while, when Jesus told John, he said, one day you're going to be, or told Peter, one day you're going to be alone. Somebody's going to have to lead you around. Oh, Peter said, what about old What about John? He said, what's it to you? What's it to you if it doesn't affect you? What's it to you? But, I looked up, getting back, and I don't want to find my paper here. I went to the library, man. I went yesterday, I went today. Because it's on computer, a lot of it nowadays, you know. I really had not get that down yet, but I couldn't even find much books. But I looked up sheep. You know, sheep are, sheep are harmless. But let me tell you this. And I won't tell you what it was. Brother Brian on about four, five, six weeks ago, something happened, and uh, it, it was about me. 
And Brother Brown came to me and said, Brother Beckton, I said, I don't want this worried me a long time. It's really, I just, just think I need to tell you, I, I don't understand this one. And so he told me what it was. I said, well, Brother Brown, let me tell you what the deal was. And you know what? That's all the shoot does. He's been going around everybody in the church saying, you know what, Brother Beckton, we See, that's not a sheep. A sheep knows the shepherds watching out for him. The sheep came and said, I know I probably misunderstood this. And sure enough, he did misunderstand it. And you see, but he came to me. But I looked up the best I could find, and, and I, I don't want to believe we'll ever have a problem here, but I looked up a little bit about the wolf. You know what? You know who they usually attack? The old, the weak, and the silly. And you know what? They never do it by themselves. Very rarely does a wolf pull an animal down by itself. You know, I hear these rumors every once in a while about people worrying about me. Hadn't heard one person come to the office and say, I don't think you're doing something. But one person ever come and did that. Because a wolf don't want to do it that way. A sheep does like Brother Brown. Something's bothering me, Brother Beckton. I would like for you to explain this to me. There's a difference. Wolves are actually not suitable for pets. They say as they grow up, they show little respect for things people value. Wolves will destroy just to get something for themselves. Folks, this is the kingdom of God. And, and I can't say enough. I want my children and my grandchildren to be saved. And if they need to grow up, your children ought to think everybody in the church is a saint. That's what they ought to think. They ought to believe everybody's just living for God. Everybody's kind of nice as they can be. They should never hear it talked over the table. They should never hear it talked in the house. If they can walk their mind around well, I didn't say everybody was right. I didn't say the pastor was always right. But children got to look up to some kind of a authority and respect. When you used to work tearing down respect, uh, we've lost the wall. But these wolves like so usually find somebody by themselves. Folks, you just you need to stay with people. You need to have friends in the church. You need to, uh, if somebody comes and says something to you they shouldn't, you need to get with your prayer partners and you need to pray for these people. Matter of fact, you ought to be honor bound to tell me if somebody says anything negative about the church, the leadership, or anything negative. You ought to be honor bound to do that. Because you see, we're trying to have revival. Let's don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. See, the world can never defeat us from outside. The devil can never defeat us by no matter what kind of pressure he puts on the church. The church will stand. The only way the church is ever going to fail is with inside. If he can breed that Nicolaitan spirit that we don't have to obey, we don't have to mind. And really, I, I know some of y'all would actually like for me 
uh, I'm very careful. I'm sure you have observed by now, but what I really say is heaven and hell. I'm really careful about that. Because if, I don't want to tell you that it's heaven or hell to wear long sleeves. Number one, I just couldn't find it in the Bible, okay? But if I said that, I believe, and if I went to somebody's church and preached, I'd have to worry them or I'd be rebelling against the leadership. That's why I'm very careful about what I really say is heaven or hell. Because I don't, the Bible says it's just as wrong to add to as it is to take away. But there are some things we take a stand on. There are some things we're just not going to do. And so everybody that wants to change our message, this church was built on the foundation of Brother Adcock of Acts 2.38, holiness living. And that's what this church is going to continue on. It's going to continue on there. We can't survive if we get off of that. I promise you, we'll never survive if we lose those basic principles. I tell you what somebody told me one time, but I'm, I'll even tell you this. Anybody that thinks that we're in the wrong, you ought to pray that God ought to move the leadership out. That's the biblical way to do it. Bible says don't touch God's man. But you can pray to me. I've known people pray that. My wife's folks were, well, was when you were still there, wasn't it? Dr. Delphine, they have a young pastor. He has taken them over to the racetrack to witness. And I don't know about that. But you know what they got like to pray to? And one night the guy got a grip with that for Henry's island. He later wanted to change his mind. They wouldn't let him. But they prayed We might out. Because, you see, they knew that God will take care of that. God's going to judge people. Well, I wish I could trade places with people in the world. I have to give them account for everything I preach, for everything I teach. I repent of all the time. I, am I the only one? Says Brother Ellis, man, I'm sorry I hit you. And three days later, I'm going to hit him again and have to go back again. I said, us, I'm sorry I hit him. And now the only one ever made the same mistake twice. And I'm going to have to the figure of 70 times 7 in one day. Oh, Lord, let's get a spirit of forgiveness in the church. Help us to understand that service of the night, folks, we are sitting, and I'm telling you, on the verge. I'm not talking about just great services. I'm talking about an influx of souls. We can have one revival and pray lots and lots of men through. There's a lot of lost husbands and spouses and children. And you know what? They'll never make it if there's no unity in the church. I'm telling you that right, Melora. They'll never make it. Lord, I want to be saved. Well, it's such a good spirit before I got to bring killed it, wasn't it, Brother Dallas? And let me even say this. I wrote this to him, but I almost didn't see my notes here. Because we're right at Pentecostal Church. Everybody knows where we're at.
Everybody knows me. You know, I just thought I'd share with you a little what the, somebody asked me now, what the duties of the pastor are, just in case you, you never have not gone. The duties of the pastor shall be to preach and teach the word as God gives him ability. Number two, to visit one for the sick, to encourage the weak, to reprove and warn the unruly. I don't do enough of that one, probably. Well, I don't do enough of that one. To give advice as needed and be ready to every good work. That's my duties right there, folks. I'm to be available whenever y'all need me. That don't mean I can't take, we're going to take the little boys to jail's land. If nobody's having an operation, if nobody's sick, the pastor's authority shall be as follows. You shall have the oversight and superintendent of all interests of the church and of all departments of its work, both spiritual and temporal, not as lord over God's heritage, but as feeder of the flock of God, taking the oversight thereof, not black and strength, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, and so in as much as he is responsible for the guardianship and watch care of all who are sleeping committed to his trust. Folks, it's an awesome responsibility. You see, if something goes wrong, you know who's going to get blamed? Me. If something goes wrong, the leaders who get blamed. And that's our disjustifiably slow. Because you had a decision, you had a part of the process. Sometimes you didn't really make the decision, but if they're under your charge, you just have to take the. You know, I like a manager at a restaurant. If I go to him and the service isn't good, when he just says, I'm sorry, he don't start saying, I've been trying to get rid of that boy. You should have done got rid of him. If you've had that much trouble with him, I like that, I'm sorry. Hey, let me get you some hail up here. I'll take care of it. I like that. Take responsibility. I like you to tell a lot of people blaming somebody else for their problems. We're trying to have revival. And I, and I really believe everybody really wants revival. I, I mean, I believe everybody wants revival. But some people get sidetracked or they don't understand what distraction does to the church. They don't understand. I want you all come to the music here and I can imagine what's wrong it would do. Well, I try, I've tried to be like the bulldog, but not always successful. This preacher was sitting on the porch one day. We saw this Bulldog, this purebred paper bulldog being led on a leash. And that dog was just picking them up and flipping them down. And there was about four or five little old curb-bitten dogs that would but they didn't get close enough that the leash could get him. But they would get up there barking at him. And that old bulldog didn't look to the left or right. He just kept on going straight. In a little while, the preacher jumped up and his wife. Wife said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to get some of that bulldog's guy. 
Well, sometimes it's hard to keep your eyes on the prize. Or you're being when things distract you. There's some weeks where I don't have a night at all I get to be at the house. Lots of weeks actually like that. But you see, that's all right. I want some more week to be saved. Folks, this is about people being saved. Have I had a better attitude tonight, folks? If I had a bad spirit, I, I've tried to do this in as good a spirit as I could. I'm my brother Gary. I love my brother Gary. He's a tremendous preacher. He's beloved in his old rage. I wouldn't even give you a tape when he preached a message like this. I want to do everything with a tender heart. I don't want anybody here to be lost. I promise you, I don't. And I I know I've hurt people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're trying to be saved, folks. You know what I've always told two people that's married is supposed to have the Holy Ghost? You ought to be able to work your marriage out. Both of you have got the Holy Ghost. You may not be married in love, but you ought to be able to live together. Both of you have got the Holy Ghost. I believe people go with the Holy Ghost ought to be able to go to church together and get along. They ought to be able to. I don't mean everybody's your buddy, buddy, but we ought to be able to get along. I don't want to get along, folks. I like peace. I like harmony. I want to see the lightning flash in here, don't you? Hooray. I want to see the fire fall. And it's really trying to fall again. The reason I, 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 of course, I felt compelled after getting all these three different people and getting a letter and compelled that I had to do this tonight, I would rather just encourage and exhort tonight. But I understand this. We don't get the foundation right. We're not going to be able to build the church that God wants us to. We just can't do it. And so I'm, I'm actually pleading with you and asking you to help us work together. If you've got a philosophical difference of what we're doing at this church, you would do yourself and us a favor to find a church that more to your philosophy. If I moved to Jackson, I would probably go to different. I, we were going to move here in '88. I ought to go on to different churches because everybody don't have the same philosophy. You know, you can find anything you want in Jackson right now, from way over here to way over here. I'm just trying to stay in the middle of the road, folks. I'm just trying to be saved. I'm just trying to be people's friends. I'm trying to help these young people. I'm trying to help these children. And I love children. And I understand. I want to see our children. I like seeing... Well, it was Bethany. It's a whole little girl that's in down here. And I, I, I've been in the church that been like that. You believe that? What are you talking about? Man, I want to see the children running the aisles. I want to see them jumping up and down. 
I don't even care if they're in the Holy Ghost. They see something's happening, and they feel something, and they don't know what it is, but they just want to respond. We preached a few revival. Well, I'm telling you, the adults would get to running, and the children would all get to running. That didn't freeze me. In fact, I remember one night at Brother Sorrell's church in North Little Road. We had such a wild service. And I, I was feeling so good. I got over and grew my wife over the hand, and we danced across the front there a few times. I got up through dance with her. I went over and I grabbed Shirley by the hand. I danced across over the land. Oh, Brett, one minute about six or seven. But he, he saw me. I would have grabbed him by the hand, but I danced him across there. I don't know if he's done any good, but I'm going to dance him again. Hallelujah. Praise God. I say, I want to see the Holy Ghost fall. I want to have revival. Oh, God, help us to get one running one accord. Why don't we all stand right now and we sing this little song? He wants me. Where's just a glory? I want to be ready. The glory is going to be re-blacktilist tonight. I don't think she minded telling me she hasn't spoken in about three months. That's a great accomplishment, Sister Gloria. Praise God, we're thankful for that. Hallelujah. I 